Center Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Over there is Alex. What's up, everybody? Don't really have much or any prepared rant. Or unprepared rant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not me either, actually. Like we can... It's a nice day out. Let's leave it there. It is actually super nice. So, I, think, uh, I think you're up first. Okay, so... My topic. I've had it on my list for a while, actually, I think. That's how mine last week was. It was yeah. for, like, maybe almost the whole year, actually. Yeah. Actually, this is... I would agree with that. Maybe, you know, at least approaching a year. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't do it, because it's actually a pretty good pretty good topic. So, we're going to talk about um, the nutrition facts label that you find on the side of, you know, oh, okay. packaged food. Totally. So... Similar in theme to like, you know, what is actually going on with the, you did, uh, the, the words in like chicken, like free range chicken. And yeah, definitely. I would yeah. put it in that yeah. if we're going to make a series out of certain episodes, <laughs> I have to guess that whoever there's going to be some, some choices they made with the label that I mm-hmm. bet, I bet with hindsight, you look at it and you, it was either motivated by, you know, big sugar or somebody oh you got it you all got right. it man right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, actually i'll wait all right i just no it's good I no mean, connection that's kinda... yeah it was a connection to my topic but that's awesome well yeah then you have you have a good amount of time to come up with your yeah. your berry center so that's right good luck. I, will, I will i will focus <laughs> on the berry center um but yeah i guess i just kind of wanted to know a how long it's been there has it gone through different iterations you know that's my... a good point inkling is that no it hadn't um and we'll find out that's pretty true um Ooh, that's unfortunate to hear because i was just thinking like software or whatever yeah. you know you need to update it yeah um yeah especially as we learn more about you know food and the diet connection to you know a healthy lifestyle and all that stuff it's more important and people care more about it so um yeah so we'll look at that and then um definitely get into a little bit the the lobbying side of things that you started to talk about there because that's definitely part of it there's a whole episode too <laughs> god damn the practice of lobbying yeah. lobbying yeah actually that one sounds just too depressing anyway <laughs> um yeah and i guess also before we start where i was coming from with this one is when i look at the food label you know there's there's certain things that you just feel like could probably be represented better, right? Definitely. And, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about how I look at it. I definitely mm-hmm. look immediately at the serving size, which makes sense to mm-hmm. the top. Um, and I usually scoff at it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, a little foreshadowing, the serving size information is something that was actually I went into this with a negative bias towards the nutrition facts label. Okay. And I would say I came out neutral. Okay. That's an improvement. So it's an improvement. Alright. But there's still there's still some disagreements, but definitely. Or some disappointments, but But to your point of presentation, you know, presentation. Presenting things <laughs> better. Uh mm-hmm. I only look at like the sugars and a few other things, like maybe you know one or two other things and then i probably go to the ingredients list next and then i'm done Mm -hmm. because usually the ingredients list tells me whether or not right so you don't you don't look at everything no in detail necessarily (laughs) yeah 
Me either. Look at the sugar. Look at the the major excuse me, the major things: calories, fat, whatever. So that's interesting. They um, they actually tried different, you know, things. I'm a visual visu- person, so yeah, right. visuals were one of them. But ultimately, um, they right. did some focus groups, and hmm. it ended up being this was favorable, or okay. I guess, or this is the decision they made to to make it in the format it's in. Got it. Um, yeah, so we can start with um, a little history, but so. Basically, just in case somebody doesn't know off the top of their head what it looks like, it's right on the side of any packaged food. It just says nutrition facts on top. It's this little rectangular box, you know, taller than it is wide. Serving size, I'm looking at one right now. Uh, Calories, and then breakdown of where the calories are coming from, basically, as far as fat, carbs, sugar, protein, etc. And then they put some nutrient information on there, like... um, you know, iron and vitamin A, D, whatever it is. And then usually under that, you'll find the ingredients. And this is the FDA, just to be crazy specific. Uh, This is the American label. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I went and I looked up some, tried to find some examples of other, uh, you know, nutrition facts labels that maybe other countries are doing better, but they're all pretty, pretty similar to this from what I found. I'm sure there's some out there that I didn't see, but... Um, this seems to be at least within the ballpark of, of where they all are. So anyway, um, as far as the history of this thing goes, it didn't really show up until, uh, the late 1960s. So it's actually pretty, pretty recent, I would say, Hmm. or more recent than I expected. Yeah. Um, makes sense. mm -hmm. So prior to that, from like the forties to mid sixties, in the U.S., um, the FDA required labels to be put on foods that they considered like special dietary uses. So they were they made claims for something that you know the, whatever the FDA deemed special. So it didn't have to be your everyday food that you would get off the shelf. Hmm. Um, so it was a pretty you know just very specific things had it on it. It wasn't a widespread uh, label, and then. This is something I didn't think about, but it didn't show up because it wasn't necessary at first. You know, packaged food was way less common in the, you know, 20s, 30s, moving and before that. So people just cooked their own food. So Yeah, you just went went to the store, you got your fruits, vegetables, meat. Yeah, exactly. So packaged food, just as it became a more popular option uh, in the country, that's when it started to um, be a necessary thing. Um, okay, so it really wasn't, oops, I just dropped my phone. So yeah, like I said, the late 60s is when they started, so it didn't even show up for actually a good while after that. Um, but it wasn't until 72 where they really started to have some, uh, regulations around a format. Um, but even still at that, in the early stages of it, I guess it didn't, a lot of the information was voluntary. So, you know, they, they kind of had a format and they had certain things that had to be there, but a lot of the information was voluntary. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of a little uh, confusing at first. Um, but eventually they kind of started to refine things a little bit as they got closer to um, making it more widespread. So they, from the get-go, it basically included calories, 
grams of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And then um, they, if you look on the can, or I'm looking at a can, any, you know, thing with this on it. Yeah, I'm looking at one now. You'll see to the right of, let's say, total fat, and it gives you the actual amount, and then it gives you the percent daily value. Right. So that was also something that was there from the beginning, basically a way to standardize all the units, right? Because it's if you just give somebody that has five grams of fat, they don't necessarily know what that means or have to put that into context, right? Right, right. So the percent daily value was kind of their way of trying to make it easier to understand. My, I was thinking about, you said this was the 60s, right, when this happened? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. When did the FDA come into existence? Because I was wondering, like, what to what level did they know the percent daily value you know like right right 1906 is when they came about is when the fda uh was uh you know formed yeah yeah well so, that's not bad pretty early on yeah. yeah um yeah so the the average serving size thing is interesting and that's something that's been you know it was yeah. revi- it's de- certainly debatable and controversial i would say um and it's been it's been updated since they initially came out with it but not as much as you'd probably hope in in what um in what um like where are people arguing about this whenever i think about (laughs) in what board in what boardroom are two guys like no the nutrition label serving size it's bullshit fuck you I don't know. Um, I'm just glad there are people doing that. It must be like... Because I think it's it's good information. It is. Probably like a Kellogg representative or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so this RDA, which they're, um, the daily value comes from something called the Recommended Dietary Allowance, RDA, uh, created by National Academy of Sciences, NAS, in 1968. So in 1968, they were like, okay, here's what oh. is the maximum daily, or the recommended, excuse me, daily nutrients, calories, all that stuff Jeez. in this report they made. And then the FDA used that to create that. Um, but what I found interesting is this report, in, for a lot of the nutrients, let's say vitamin A, they would give a range. And then for some of the nutrients on the label they would put the maximum of that range and then others they would put the minimum which is interesting because um you know certain do you know why i want to say um i think because things like potassium and other nutrients can be uh not so good in in excess so you know if you put the higher amount maybe that prevents i'm not sure that's just a that's just a guess okay um interesting choice mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure why you wouldn't choose maybe certain you know things that that don't have a negative consequence too much iron could probably be Mm -hmm. that's a problem yeah Yeah. um okay so you kind of have this initially uh taking place and then you move through the late 60s and i think into the early 70s and just kind of this trend of people becoming more informed about food and diet and then also wanting to know more so like there was actually this demand from you know consumers that they wanted to know more about what's in their food so that's good um 
but really there was this lag time from when the interest was there to when the FDA was able to respond with regulations. So naturally what happens, the companies take advantage of that. <laughs> Exploitation. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> so Dude, these, that's, uh, that's, Real fast, sorry. That's human nature. Yeah, um, there's, a definitely. Thing, there's a thing going on in, in the racing that I watch where mm-hmm. there's a rule change and, and a particular mm-hmm. team just, exp- yeah, they, they, are not following the spirit of the rule let's say they are but Mm -hmm. boy you know they're following the letter of it and it's got some people all salty yeah yeah so basically people were let's say somebody was like i am woke about food health now it's (laughs) 1969 (laughs) um and they say i desire more heart healthy foods or something whatever they would say yeah now, since there's no regulation, companies like Kellogg's, for example, will all over their boxes say heart healthy foods or super low in saturated, whatever it might be, just random ambiguous health claims right. that have no regulation around them. So it's kind of just free reign, whatever you want to put on there. So that's how they kind of exploited that for a while. But, you know, the, the plus side to that is, you know, the FDA recognized that was happening and came in and, and put some, right, right. put some lines in the sand. Um, but it actually was the Kellogg company that was kind of oh. the, that took that whole thing to the extreme. So it's kind of funny. I was, I was writing this out and I was like, what kind of podcast do you randomly talk about Kellogg's twice? Yeah. Just <laughs> totally separately. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they had some high fiber foods. I don't know if it was a cereal or whatever it was. And they basically on the back of the box, were talking about how high fiber foods could potentially reduce the risk for certain types of cancer. This is on there. Hmm. I don't know what food exactly, but they were making those claims. And the FDA was like, whoa. <laughs> we don't even... Like, no. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... that's... Um, but that didn't apparently start happening... That didn't happen until like 1987, is what I found. So there was like two decades there where... It was just kind of, you know, at that early stage when nothing really changed with the labels and there was some exploiting going on over time. And so, yeah, it wasn't until the late 80s where change started happening. Man. <clears throat> I mean, it's our... pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Our government is designed to go slowly. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in yeah. 1987, I can see why it was taking a long time, but... Mm-hmm. Potentially not on the top of the yeah. list of priorities i don't know that was still like yesterday though basically um yeah so basically what they did initially was just kind of put some put some breaks on the or actually they they narrowed the criteria of what would be required to um make certain health claims on food so it was more you know it wasn't as easy to just say something's gonna reduce the risk of x um and then they kind of, they actually kind of got to an extreme and then they backed it off a little bit. So you'll still see foods today. Yeah, right? It's kind of interesting. You'll see foods that um, say stuff about like maintaining a healthy weight and they'll say this food helps, you know, you keep your calorie intake down or something like that. Right? So they're, they're not as bold claims as cure cancer, but you can say this will help you control sodium or reduce your cholesterol or whatever. Um... And I think the the most interesting example of that that I I thought of while doing this was those hundred calorie packs. Do you see those? Yeah. In the stores ever, I, it, like yeah. multiple snack foods. Definitely, all kinds of different 
like I've, I think I've even seen you see like junk food ones. Yeah, definitely. It's because I mean, obviously, all they're doing is taking less of the product and bagging that, right? But There's I don't so know if it's a psychological thing. But <laughs> it's definitely a psychological thing. It's just you're just letting them do the portion control. Yeah, there's definitely like, I think. Ooh, it's only 100 calories. Yeah, there's parts of human behavior where they're they're manipulating, you know, marketing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Ooh, it's only probably 100. go back to that yeah. go back to that bias episode from way uh, ways back. Yeah, so those are those are kind of funny. Um, okay, so late 80s, uh, Surgeon General, talk about the Surgeon General for a second time, also interesting. So they start <laughs> issuing reports, um, that kind of further start prompting, you know, the changes to the labeling of food. So, you know, they're trying to keep up with latest health science and putting out, um, you know, updated information. So they start to change the label to reflect that, um... And there was this particular guy who was secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the HHS, at the time. Um, and he was kind of like the one to push for, for getting the most up-to-date information to the consumer. So that was good. We owe him. Dr. Lewis W. Sullivan. All right. Um, yeah. You. Right on. <laughs> um, and what I did find interesting is late as 1990, there was no sugar information. Because, oh, there's a whole. There was, yeah, there. I referenced, or at least it was optional. There's, I I don't know, (laughs) I I didn't know much about the nutrition label, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's the whole egg conspiracy and all that. Anyway, wait, what's the egg conspiracy? The eggs are bad for you, thing. Oh, oh, there's all that. Cholesterol is bad for you, or. It's more know, nuanced than that. Salt yeah, bad for you now. If you're eating straight up only eggs 24-7, yeah, you might have an issue. Yeah. Same if you just ate, you know, chicken on its own every day, three times a day, whatever it is. <laughs> Anything to an extreme. Yeah. Probably not good. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. So it was an optional thing to put that on there. And I, the claim is that there's just no scientific information suggesting that sugar was a problem up until that point right which i don't know how true that that is that seems pretty late to me but it depends on where they're what they're claiming as legitimate science and the official information which i would hazard to guess is also fairly unregulated in terms of just you can just say whatever you want like (laughs) yeah it's science look at that Clean coal. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaner coal, maybe. Cleaner coal. At best. Okay, so in 1990, this is when stuff really starts to get serious for this thing because they had something called the Nutrition Labeling and Education Act. So pretty, kind of know what you're getting with that. Yep. It's pretty well named. <laughs> but it was the most significant change to this whole thing in like 50 years. Um, so just basically gave the FDA more authority on what they require on the labels. So things were much more structured. Um, less of it was optional, more of it required. Um, and they started to crack down. Actually, this is where the serving size thing was, is coming from that I was talking about. So they really started, I don't know what the serving size looked like before that on these various things, but they really started to push for it to you know, line up with what somebody would actually realistically consume. Um, 
you know, that way you can't label a 12-ounce soda can as four servings and say it's got 100 calories per serving. Right. And, you know, you just, it just helps them, or makes it more misleading. Um, I still feel like, though, the serving size, I mean, everybody's different. That's really the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I bet if I were to go look at the serving size of the ice cream in the freezer, I would look at it and say, what? Maybe. And I do have an extra. <laughs> that's funny you say ice cream because that's one of my examples because it changes again later. Like they keep updating that. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, so, but it's, the thing is, is you're providing one label for every type of person that right. could potentially buy this product. So, which I mean, it's hard to good on them for even trying. Right? That's not. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not exactly an easy task given what we know today. No, I would. I, I don't think so. Um. So at this point in 1990, it's still, and I think it's still, it, it definitely is still this way today, labeling anything like um, raw fruit, vegetables, fish, meat, that type of stuff, that's optional, right? You yeah. never really see right. much going on there. Other types of labeling for sure, which we talked about, but not nutrition. Um, okay, sugar was added at some point along this process. Yeah, so it wasn't up there until that point, and then they start to add it in. Um but it was it started out if you look at a label today you'll see sugar and um added sugar that's a very new change to the label before that it was just uh total sugar because allegedly at the time the FDA and this could not be true who knows uh the FDA had no way of testing the food to distinguish from natural occurring sugars and else you know, any other added sugar. I was thinking about that earlier. I didn't bring it up. Mm-hmm. But like, what is the, the testing for all this? I wonder how that's all. That's, yeah, that's I think that's a, that's a different conversation, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, that was, you know, I was presented with the scope creep door. And it said, it said test methods on it. And I said, <laughs> nope. no. <laughs> no. Shut it. I'm not opening that door. I wrote down its location, <laughs> but I shut the door. Oh, yeah. I put a, I put a marker for later so I can come back. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to describe that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, something else that's interesting is the FDA actually does not do any regulating other than what was laid out in this particular agreement, um, or act rather. There's different organizations that handle meat and poultry. And then alcoholic beverages and stuff like that. Those are all not even FDA hmm. as far as labeling goes. So different different organizations. Um, so the updated label, which is very similar to how we know it today, didn't show up until 1994 um, with all the updated information. So really until 1994, you kind of had... Um, A little bit of... You never know what you're going to get kind of thing. Yeah, not great information. Um, And then, actually, what's exempt from the label is interesting, other than the fruits and vegetables we talked about. Um, But a food can be considered an insignificant source of calories. So I think if you look at something like a Tic Tac, I don't think there's calorie information on it or a stick of gum. They might include it because they can certain things like that, you know, kind of fall into that, that area where it doesn't really matter, (laughs) I guess. Um, 
and then sh foods shipped in bulk that are going to get further processed. They don't need to have anything on it, so it's more of the final product. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, this is the interesting one, restaurant foods. Oh. So all of the foods being shipped to restaurants apparently don't need any nutritional info, on the, or at least in this form. Maybe there's different um, regulations around it, I would imagine. Uh, and then medical foods is... I'm not sure exactly what that means, but... Like hospital? That's what my, my initial thought of, was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Interesting about the um, the restaurant thing. That's uh, mm -hmm. probably, a, in, in a number of ways, a good thing. Um, the restaurant business is already intense enough, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've never, you know, worked there in, in a restaurant, but we have a friend who has, and um, a couple actually. So adding, my point being, adding more into that mix of like, especially like a regulation probably might hinder the business even more. And you want, you know, you want restaurants to do well. And ultimately, if you're going... What do you mean? Like, because they would have to manage that information or something? Or what do you... Potentially. Well, at least the supplier would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a Plus lot of restaurants... restaurants not really going to care. Because unless... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I mean, some, I, think, I think some restaurants... You know, if if you think that that's something your customers value, it's like true. I know you can go on Chipotle's website and they, you know, it's kind of a, it's a good point. An average because they make it on the spot, right? So they can't really gauge it every time, but um, it's voluntary, I guess, right? You can put it if you want. Maybe it's not as intrusive as I'm imagining it to be. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, it would mostly fall on the suppliers, right? Because. Um, a restaurant's going to order bulk potatoes from Cisco or whatever it is and just get a fuckload of True. potatoes. True. And so it would kind of be on Cisco to provide that information. And then the meat and all that stuff is going to come from different regulations. So, uh, okay. And then, yeah, you mentioned um, the uh, potentially having like charts and visuals. And like I said, they, they tried all that in some focus groups, and I guess they somehow decided that a rectangle with text in it of various sizes and type and all that stuff uh, was better. I thought a pie chart would be kind of cool, though. But I didn't see any other countries that do visual. Maybe some color here and there, not just black and white, but mm -hmm. no charts. That's interesting. I mean... Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe it's because of what you said before, where you only look at certain information. If you have, if you're presented with a pie chart, you have to understand the whole chart. Yeah, Whereas maybe if you have a label, you can just say, oh, okay, 210 yeah. calories. That's what I care about. Yeah. And if you've got Done. like six charts on there. Yeah. <laughs> All it would really do is make everybody just stand in the aisles way longer. Yeah. I already stand in the long though. <laughs> That's true. Dude, I hate how many options there are. I just stand there. Like, do I want that one? Do I want that one? It's yeah. For most things at this point, I suppose I have, like, a, a go-to. But if I'm ever getting a new yeah. ingredient, yeah, I stand there for, mm -hmm. like, 10 minutes, exactly. usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay. isn't it... <laughs> that whole yeah, I'm just thinking about that whole process of, like, not only finding the right ingredients, but for certain things, maybe the price is involved. So you're looking at the $20 bottle of oil, I guess, let's say, and it's... Mm -hmm one way but 20 bucks is a lot so then you walk around a minute try to find something a little more 
But then eventually you just go back to the 20, probably. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's the best part of just going to Aldi. They only have, like, one of each type of thing. So if you want... If you want avocados, you want here thing, here's avocados. Here's avocados. Here's, yep, uh, you're done. Noodles? Get it or, or don't. You want noodles? Here's noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right here. <laughs> um... Okay, so to finish up here, we just had the biggest change since the whole thing started in the 90s uh, in 2016. Exciting. It was updated, right? You probably didn't even know because it looks exactly the same. Uh, Visually, all they did, from a visual standpoint, they changed like the size of the calories, the font, I mean. Like uh, bigger? Yeah, it made it bigger. Okay. So that's, I think that's, you know, what people are mostly looking at, so. I suppose, of course, they made it bigger because they made it smaller. <laughs> Wait, oh, we updated that? the label took four years of legislation and we made the font size you know eight instead of 12 it's also in, like, you know it's just better now it's also in um jokerman font so have fun <laughs> see ya um all right so 2016 we yeah so, updated a bigger label yeah yep so it looks a little different but not really um, they added vitamin D, calcium, iron, potassium. Um, those were always there in percent daily value, but they made the actual value, like, you know, grams or milligrams, they made that oh. addition. Um, so now you get the full picture. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm looking at, I just uh, pulled up the new one compared to the mm-hmm. old one. I'm looking at it now. Yep. Nice. Good call. I was going to ask you to do that, and I never did. Um, well, I had the old one up just by itself, okay. and then um, mm-hmm. I pulled back from google images and, and there's the new uh, one and you see added sugar on there i do see under total sugar, sugar. Yeah, yeah yeah so that's new i like that um they removed the calories from fat section because nobody ever used it they didn't use it they just the types of fat is what's important yeah. not the breakdown from calories um they updated certain daily value recommendations um and then they updated the the serving sizes so the Example they give on the FDA website is increasing the serving size of ice cream from half a cup to two thirds of a cup to be more. I um, must be looking at the example you're just referring to um, mm-hmm. because the serving size is half a cup to now two thirds of a cup. Very, yeah. Could um, be. And you're talking about the percent daily value thing. So they're using mm-hmm. the same numbers. This is interesting. In the old label, eight grams of fat was considered 12% of the daily value. That is now 10%. Yeah. More fat. So they increase, yeah, yeah more, more fat. fat. Um, yeah, that's a good catch. Nice. I didn't even see that one. But yeah, I guess they... One source I, I got wasn't from the FDA itself, I don't think. It was from a different source. But they said that the current recommended daily values in some cases are 50% higher than the original values when they came out. There's so they're number. certainly yeah, there trying to keep up with that stuff. Yeah, which is good. It would seem. Um, but it's still something that I... Maybe this is still valid, I don't know, but the it's based on a 2,000 calorie per day diet. Excuse oh, me. yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. I eat an unrealistic amount of food, so <laughs> I don't know what other people are eating. <laughs> it's true. Um, and another thing that was good that I liked, uh, on this 2016 update is they're more strict on the requirements of the packaging. So like I actually mentioned this before with the can of soda, if 
we all know the the soda is going to get consumed in one sitting, right? So you can't put two servings of six ounces totally. on the twelve ounce it's bottle because so... it yeah, yeah it's very much known that that's most likely going to be consumed in what would be considered one sitting, you know, versus like putting it and having yeah. it the next day. I'm not gonna open the can of soda. I mean, some mm-hmm. I'm sure some people do, but mm-hmm. you know, can of whatever a beer. Let's say let's go with a beer because I don't really drink soda. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to open a beer, drink half of it, cover it with, you know, saran wrap and put it in the fridge. No, no, I don't think so. Save that six ounces of beer for later. (laughs) I'm going to love myself for providing me with that later. Um, And then for foods that kind of fall fall into this like in-between area, you'll see dual columns on the back of packaging now. Oh, I don't see So like if something is kind of, it could be finished in one sitting but you know it could also potentially be a multiple sitting item they'll put two columns so one for like the whole package and then one for some other serving size mm, okay maybe half or whatever it is um so i guess they they kind of better define that and, and put something there um let's see so they have certain companies that um have their annual food sales under no, over, sorry, um, $10 million. They have from July of last year through the end of 2019, basically, to implement the new labels to the end of this year. And then for manufacturers that produce less than $10 million in annual sales, they have until the end of 2020. So eventually, I mean, you can already definitely see it on certain products, but uh, they have they have until the end of 2020 to get it on there hmm seems like i i guess i don't know who prints up the labels but mm-hmm. or or comes up with the uh the file that's used to, to print on the cereal box or whatever mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it takes four years to update that file well let me tell you this my current <laughs> job I actually do have to deal with product packaging. Okay. And it can be a pain in the ass. So it might seem like, you know, you only have to change the font or whatever, but let's say the label gets bigger or smaller or all of a sudden you have to have two labels. Yeah. Now you have to redo the packaging drawings and, you know, there's 17 meetings per package, (laughs) whatever, (laughs) at least. Yeah, and I get that. I just don't think four years is... No, agreed, agreed. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll take two. I do get that. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I used to definitely many years ago before I had a real job, you know, had, mm-hmm. had views of those types of things. Like, how can it possibly mm-hmm. take any company right. two freaking years to do whatever? Mm-hmm. And then you, you start working and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is why. <laughs> because I've explained this presentation to six different people. Eight Seven. Different <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It hurts, it's true. <laughs> right? That is painful, actually, to say. Um, something else oh I just God. thought of, too, along those lines is um, product that's already in stock. Oh, so even if even if the food's not already created, let's say somebody bulk buys a billion boxes to put X Oreos in, 
you know, those packages are already created. They got to work through that yeah, inventory first. Yeah, move to be like, sorry. <laughs> you got to throw that out and waste everything you yeah. just used to create that. That's true. All right, that, that's a good, I like that. It's a good practical reason. Mm-hmm. It's not all dark. Okay, so do you want to talk a little bit about the lobbying stuff? Sure, yeah. How are we doing with time? Uh, I haven't checked. Oh, we're good. Oh, yeah. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, okay, so I don't have a, a whole lot, but um, there was, uh, let's see, um, what do we want to start with? People were pretty disappointed with um, like the most recent update in 2016, so I guess we'll focus around that. Yeah, real, I guess real quick, this mm-hmm. is, I like this topic because it, I definitely know you and I and many others were in a group of a type of person that the more data on especially something as critical as food, you know, the better. So there is, there's a ton to be desired of like what you could know about the food that you're buying, but Mm -hmm. on the same side of things, I mean, it's, it's all, there's a lot of factors, but you know, the FDA is a government institution. So they're, they're already doing something, you know, how much is enough, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But totally like, you know, I'm looking at this new label and I have, there's Mm -hmm. so many things I've, you'd want to know right it has huge implications because you're guiding yeah Yeah. the population of the country on what to consume and what you you recommend so not only does it have to be presented properly but what you're presenting needs to be in their best interest or it should be and may may not be (laughs) we'll see um so there is something called it's a u.s panel of you know self not self-declared experts but you know a panel that we've created that is called the dietary guidelines advisory committee seemingly experts on the subject and they come out every couple of years i think with a report of their own recommendations mm-hmm. and this is intended for what you know for the fda to use this to base their updated label on or you know their updated information so they kind of this advisory committee kind of feeds the FDA for this in part, at least. Um, so you'll notice from, if you read through kind of the, the release notes of the nutrition facts label, (laughs) there is nothing in there about recommending people to consume less sugar, even though we very much know that that is a huge issue. So that is, blatantly absent from not only there any being anything on the label and maybe you can't have recommendations on the label but if you go and read you know the guidelines that come along with the label because that's kind of how they do it um still there's nothing in it's there. absent yeah and you they you know and there's some quotes i didn't write them down but from people on this advisory committee that were basically like yeah that was our recommendation but you know we're hands off at that point so um and i guess in the report there was well I, so backing up that goes to say that that's big sugar right coming in <laughs> or like pepsico or something because they don't want um their yeah, soda to be right. demonized they don't, yeah i mean i mean not to talk shit about soda or people who drink soda because you know every now and then a, a coke is, is quite delicious and the, but the no, reason it's just it's, a it's just a low-hanging fruit it's an easy target right but the reason it's delicious is because when you realize how much sugar is in a single can mm-hmm. of coke it's mm-hmm. kind of absurd it's yeah and then oh man it's a little disturbing it is 
I want to say it's, it's, it's not good for you. Yeah, it's just, no. it's, it's unfortunately not good, but there's a lot of misconception around it and, right. you know, misinformation and people not realizing to the extent of, of, you know, how it's not good or not caring, I guess that's on them at that point. But, <clears throat> um, okay. So in the report, in the 2016 guidelines that were to come out with the label, the FDA itself had planned to include a section on sustainability and environment, the impact your diet has on that, right? Okay. And what I'm getting at is the meat industry, right? Because right. the, the amount of the beef and the byproducts and the processing and all that stuff that goes along with red meat industry, basically, any meat, I guess, but particularly that. So that was slated to be in this update, and then... Yeah. You know, big meat got involved, and it's now gone. It was literally just taken out. Yeah. So I feel like I heard about this part of things. I didn't mm-hmm. realize I, I didn't make the connection until now, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I did hear that. Yeah. The, so they, you know, big meat. Mm-hmm. They also got them to remove uh, recommendations they had in there for just reducing overall consumption of meats and diversifying your protein sources, which that's actually kind of an arguable thing, but they had planned to say, you know, it's recommended to diversify your protein sources, and then Big Meat said, no, take that out. Paid them. Steak every out. night. <laughs> some people would agree with that. I mean... So, what? Wor- but that's the thing with all this, is yeah. what works for some people doesn't right. work for right. all people. Um, so, you know what's crazy about this? Lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's what sad? No, let me yeah. say it this way. What's sad about this oh, no. is that from what we know, there's about $3 million worth of lobbying money that went towards these people to get all this information. That's it. $3 million oh, okay. was so all, it <laughs> all it took to change the health advice for every single American. Uh, okay. That's like... What is that, 10 cents a person? There's 330 million people. Mm-hmm. I think I have that math right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, right? 330? Yeah, it's, it's about, yeah, yeah. But divided by, let's say 3.3, let's call it 3.3 million. Let's make it easy on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that's a good deal. Not bad, right? So I guess there's like, 30 senators and that signed for all this or took the money or whatever and that was a million dollars went towards them uh and then the other two million dollars went towards uh 71 house representatives that that went along with this as well and some of the sources of the money were the american farm bureau federation national cattlemen's beef association National Pork Producers Council, National <laughs> Restaurant Association, so that's interesting there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Livestock Marketing Association and North American Meat Institute, among others. Um, so it's interesting. I found that the restaurant in, you know, being included in that kind of interesting. They must, to me, that says that their margins on selling meat is higher than everything else. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, there was a, uh, not a movement, just something people were doing, uh, 
and it was popular here in Denver, but it also, ha- also happened at D.C. For a different lobbying thing, uh, when the FCC changed the net neutrality laws, mm-hmm. um, somebody rented, uh, many people rented, like, uh, basically, like, box trucks, like, moving trucks that you can mm-hmm. have banners on the side of. And they, uh, one person actually did a whole LED, like, television kind of thing. Um, and they displayed the senators and Congress, you know, the Congress people who, uh, and how much they received from what lobbying people. And it was, the reason I bring it up is it was shocking how little money it took. Like some people, like some senators were like, oh, take, you know, fundamentally change the basis of the internet for five grand. Thumbs up. (laughs) Like it's, it's a weird criticism I get to make. Like, cause like on the one hand, lobbying shouldn't be a thing or yeah right you don't want to be like (laughs) it should you should give them more money right but at the same time but at the what am i worth yeah the same exactly exactly it's just absurd the whole thing is that's a little disturbing yeah um i think that's pretty much it for what i what i found on this so um well we can keep going on it a little bit because i mean you couldn't have picked a more barry centric topic um in fact I, i just had to pick a Oh, did I lose you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm here. Oh. I think I lost you a little bit. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. All right, we're good. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Um, so it, it was a, a perfect topic. Why? Yeah, because... Um, so I uh, I found a, a particular conspiracy theory that <laughs> um, just... I just... I'm not even a big fan of what it's about. But I just my jaw was kind of on the floor for a few reasons, um, and so I just thought uh, talking about some conspiracy theories, not not some crazy ones, uh, hopefully some fun ones, um, would be would be fun. And Big Sugar and the egg thing that I brought up, those are some classic now proven <laughs> conspiracy theories. You know, so the egg thing was a whole lobbying. I mean, it's not we're going to be using this term conspiracy a little loosely because. Some of the things. That Some just, of it's confirmed. Yeah, I went super deep last week with uh, <laughs> with my whole magnetic thing, so I thought we would we would have some fun and. Um, but no, the, the whole lobbying a thing. Fun, a little information, we're good. Yeah, but the whole lobbying thing, you know, that actually happened where they, you know, Big Sugar and a Big Egg. I don't know exactly who was behind that one, but, um, you know, paid to have certain things yeah. suppressed so that their products would continue to sell at whatever rate they they wanted so who was i can understand you know certain things but who was uh behind the egg thing if they didn't want eggs to be <sighs> that's a great one you know so i didn't prepare either what's of these like two. the what's the opposite of the egg <laughs> so it's going to be someone else uh i can't remember on that one i didn't i didn't prepare the sugar breakfast one. cereal did, did oh, kellogg sure, want maybe. eggs to be demonized so more people would eat oatmeal and kellogg Cancer fighting foods. I'm just typing Kellogg against eggs into. Yeah, it's not Kellogg v big egg. (laughs) (laughs) The man behind the curtain. Call to order. Um. So, yeah, we can uh, we can start off with uh, a pretty insane one. I've got a couple. So conspiracy theories, as as I often. My topics have, I guess, some of them have a theme of just it, it's a human, a part of human behavior that fascinates me, and it's difficult because, especially in this information age that we live in, 
one of the problems mm-hmm. is just there's so much information it's hard True. to it's hard to know what's going on sometimes mm-hmm. um but so yeah uh conspiracy theories are kind of what um we're going to talk about and uh but not not really some of the crazy ones we can reference some of the some of the real intense ones but uh my start and finish here are pretty freaking silly <laughs> so the there's a growing this is a recent one similar to another mm-hmm. one um is uh there's a growing group of people who believe that finland is not a real country and in fact the land the landmass that is finland isn't actually even there oh come on yeah so just go see it with your, what's happening okay when people so travel before <laughs> so there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> subreddit for this and the guy that started it uh or that that created the subreddit has 10 answers to questions you might already have. So I want you to hit me with some of your oh, questions yeah. and I'm going to try to answer them with <laughs> yes. the predetermined. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's start the to any good conspiracies. All right, let's get the bullshit out of the way first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my first question is, what am I actually looking at when I'm looking at what we call Finland? Sweden. What is it instead? Eastern Sweden. Eastern Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yes. As in the landmass, you're saying it doesn't physically exist. So, the, the yeah. Uh, and that people who, it's just a misunderstanding of the maps. The maps have been, the maps and the satellite imagery have been doctored. So... <laughs> The people who okay. live in the place that they call Helsinki, uh, Finland, is actually just the eastern edge of this, you know, the Swiss territory. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Actually, I think any good conspiracy, you need to start by asking who does this benefit? Who's Great. in the best interest of ignoring Finland? You hit the nail on the head. Um, okay. So, <laughs> me. It, it is yeah right. I am. I am the starting starter of all this. Um, no, as uh, so, Russia and Japan basically have a deal that they started maybe as early as 1925 uh, regarding the fishing rights between the two countries. Mm-hmm. Japan. This is again. So this might get a little. Japan wanted to continue whaling, right? Up, mm-hmm. up in that area uh, where we're talking about, you know, there's great um, hunting grounds for wh- if whales are what you're hunting. And it uh, was much easier for Japan, all, almost required for Japan to transport the whale. If they were going to get mm-hmm. that whale from that sea, it had to go over Russia, basically. Okay. So. I'll pull up a map and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I won't go too deep the guy the guy wrote a whole bunch about like their states you know why weren't certain battles in world war ii fought like it's because japan and russia actually had a secret deal with each other and all this stuff <laughs> ultimately it came down to fishing rights japan and russia had a mutual need for each other's fishing waters so they developed this reason to pretend that a landmass existed in a part of the ocean that didn't actually that way nobody else but the two of them would fish there and it, it, it's that's kind of where this starts to fall apart a little bit um for well, why if you're gonna do that why would you do it there seems like an inconvenient spot 
It's a simple case of fishing the Finnish Sea, transporting across Russia, the real reason for the Trans-Siberian Railway, by the way, and then shipping it from Eastern Russia coast to Japan under the disguise of Nokia products. Nokia is the largest <laughs> Finnish company. This is really interesting. So if I look at, I'm looking at Sweden, Finland, you know, on the map, mm -hmm. by this conspiracy's guidelines, should I cut out Finland and fill it in with water? Yeah. Basically. Or is that landmass not even that big in general? Like, should I fold the map on itself? I think it's a little bit of both. They kind of lose me mm -hmm. a little bit, but basically for the most part, you're just cutting out like mm -hmm. the larger bottom half of Finland. That way, St. Petersburg is so basically just... What if, what if I take a plane from St. <laughs> Petersburg to Stockholm you're and... Just, you're just flying over Sweden. That's the answer. That's, all, <laughs> that's pretty much all they've got is you're just flying over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no. It's just, you start making logic. They say no. No, no. In fact, um, question number three. What about Helsinki? That's an enormous city on the world stage. Answer. Helsinki is located in eastern Sweden. It's not, it's not, and then he goes to say, it's not like the people flying there would notice. So he's saying people flying what? in planes, pilots, whoever, would not notice that they were going from, you know, one spot to another spot that's, you know, hundreds of miles away. Why? Is the Baltic Sea shaped like this or not? You would know. Right. It's dumb. It is dumb, <laughs> but it's got a surprising, I mean, like a lot of things on the internet, it's got a surprising number of followers and, and people talking about it. And that's awesome. Um, that's yeah, it's hilarious. So what's, uh, what's the very first question? Uh, answer? what about the Finnish people? Are they all in a conspiracy? <laughs> answer? No. People from Finland genuinely believe that they are from Finland. In reality, they are from small towns on either the eastern part of Sweden or the western part of Russia or the northern part of Estonia. What the fuck? <laughs> and this guy, it's, it's I shouldn't yeah, what, even say just yeah. this guy. It's a whole community of people. Is question two, what are this guy's credentials? <laughs> it should be. No, no. These are <laughs> questions he's written for himself, so he's not going to question those kinds of things. <laughs> this is the best one oh for me. Oh my god. What? Crazy. Question six is why the name Finland? The country was originally made for fishing. What do fish have? Yeah. Fins, thus Finland. And it was at this That's point, a stretch, buddy. It was at this point that I, I was like, come on, this has got to be a joke, right? <laughs> Number question six, you just can't say fish have fins, therefore we're going to call it Finland, like right? Fish out of a lot of things. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. That kind of made me really skeptical, but so I looked around and just to make sure that people actually genuinely believed it. Mm. I'm convinced there is a number of people that do, um, but a lot of the discourse that's happening on the internet is mixed with people making fun of the people who believe this. People just right, just right. provoking them, right? Right. Yeah, that's nice. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's about it's it's pretty. Episode 38 will be taken from Helsinki, Finland, no. <laughs> where we will interview people and see if they know where they're from. <laughs> uh, let's see. And I just, uh, I guess the final thing I'll say, I love that they're one of their main, this is a classic, uh, at least in a modern world, 
all of this map and the GPS and the satellite information, you know, when you ask mm-hmm. about that, the answer is it's all fake. That's just the blanket. <laughs> That's just the blanket. Like, so, yeah, who's like really after all this time, we're just going to keep this up? Well, that's actually one of the good question as well. Um, ultimately, let me see if I can find it real fast. But so they ask, or one of the questions to himself is, why do other countries go along with it, right? Because yeah. so after a certain after World War II, basically it was just he write he writes a sign of goodwill between Western countries and the Soviet Union, basically a way to keep the Cold War cold, which is actually not a bad angle you can almost you can almost buy that to where you know i'm confused how does that benefit so the after world war ii the cold war starts the u.s sure. and the soviet union are uh guns pointed at each other mm-hmm. it seems like an easy bargaining chip in the whole thing for the u.s to say yeah we'll just keep everybody you know in order to keep the nukes out of the air yeah mm-hmm. finland is real sure why not you and you and Japan keep fishing there, fine. Okay. Really? That that would settle their No, I'm just I'm qualms. just saying of all his of all his stuff, that might be one of the smarter things that he you. sort of okay. wrote. Is Ties that, together. Yeah, yeah. Is that I could actually see that wouldn't be the only thing keeping the nukes out of the air, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at least plausible that there might be a discussion where the two countries, are, you know, the U.S. is like, fine, you can, we'll, we'll say yes to that, and, and then as long as you right. do this other thing, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. How many subscribers to that subreddit? Twenty six thousand. Whoa. Twenty seven thousand. It's gone up since Monday. Hmm. I thought you were just gonna stop at twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> There's seventy three people on the subreddit right now. Oh my god. Spend my Sunday afternoon arguing with uh, the people, people of about Finland. the existence <laughs> of exist. yeah, the people of Finland. Yeah, if you want to argue anyone, that's for it. Yeah, and his whole point about them is that they're basically idiots and that they don't know where they live. <laughs> well, I guess more that they're being tricked, but still, yeah, <laughs> which is obviously not the case. So, but here's the here's the problem. Two problems. I've never been to Finland. One. So no. Nope. What do I know? Two, there are real, like, big-time government conspiracies that that were conspiracies that have turned out to be true. So that's one of the issues with this whole area of You fog. mean just in, in general yeah. or regarding this type of thing with fake land? Well, not, not fake land specifically, but it, because it's turned to me, this is my opinion, because it's mm-hmm. turned out that some of these major conspiracies have actually turned out to be true— the door, right. the scope creep door has been kicked. It's been blown open <laughs> to the point where anything is plausible now. Mm-hmm. So I'll name off. We won't go into some because these are some of these are really sad and, and are just really messed up. You've got the Gulf of Tonkin. That turned out to be true. That was uh, basically us blowing up our own ship to generate support for Vietnam. That that was mm-hmm. a total government conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Operation Northwoods is um, a uh, a plan that Kennedy personally rejected 
where we were going to attack and most likely kill our own citizens in Miami and Florida and that general area um, to drum up support to invade Cuba. And it got all the way, it was all written up and everything. And it, it, it literally took Kennedy personally saying no. He was he was the only person who was like, no, we're not doing this. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you've got something called MK Ultra. This was the... I haven't heard of that one. The U.S. government literally dosing people with LSD and acid and whatnot. At first with their permission. And then... Oh, yeah. After, I have heard about yeah. that. So then, and then after that... Uh, they uh, they started dosing people in public just to see what would happen, um, and it actually got to the point. One of the stories, at least, I don't I don't have uh, I wasn't there. Um, they the agents in the CIA eventually thought it was funny to dose each other, so they would like what? like as a joke, like they would dose you know Joe's coffee in the morning. And then 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. rolls around and Joe's rolling around. Oh, Joe! Joe is tripping. <laughs> Get a load of that. So you know you have things like the government is literally drugging its own people or is right. willing to kill its own people. You have those things, and that you know if that's real, what is it real? Why? Yeah, exactly. So that's, Why can't and it's, a it fake? Sucks. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where you know if you want to go, we won't we won't go deep into those, but that's. That's why this there's so much going on here is that mm-hmm. anything at this point is possible. So um, a f- another interesting one, this is, um, so I'm a big uh, motorcycle racing fan and racing in general. Um, and one of the things that's been happening for a while, it's actually kind of a transformation of something else, is um, money laundering in racing has always been a thing. Maybe not always, but it's it's a popular... If you're going to launder money, racing and having a racing team is actually a decent way to do it. You've got... Generally, you've got international travel or at least mm-hmm. interstate travel. So you're on, constantly on the move, which is nice or was nice. Um, things are... You know, technology and whatnot is up to date. Um, right. And then to me, I think one of the biggest things is uh, you've got the crash damage budget which is literally this line item on a racing team's budget where you have no idea what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So there's ample wiggle room to do some money. Just uh, just put whatever you want. Right. <laughs> and then finally, you've got the advertising side of things. Mm-hmm. Advertising is also this like, you know, what is, uh, what is a sticker on the side of a bike worth? You don't really know. Sure, so, yeah. Whatever somebody's willing to pay, right? So a specific example... Um, and this one is still technically a conspiracy. We don't really know. But there was a um, a team totally sponsored, like head-to-toe in an in, uh, energy drink called Leopard. And it was this European okay. energy drink that, um, you know, it was like a monster competitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the trick was, though, or the, the issue was that, and I, I this was in right close to my world, so um, uh, we, we were talking about it in the forums and whatnot, Nobody could find the drink in stores. You, you could only ever find the drink in small quantities at the races. Yes. So the theory was awesome. is that through one means or another, ultimately they're mm-hmm. maybe they're maybe they're spending money in quotes on all this stock to put in stores, but it's never making it or whatever. Something, something is going mm-hmm. on, and they're 
also the other angle is definitely for sure is that they're spending advertising dollars over you know, they're overpaying the team right in advertising right. dollars mm-hmm. so that was a fun one uh, they're gone now that's interesting yeah <laughs> and Did the team get penalized no no no, no we don't the, no they just kind of they just kind of faded away um, oh, okay and they were big though the leopard it was this teal very striking uh like turquoise kind of um design and they were not mm. only in motorcycles they had a car and every they had cars and everything it was big wild um i feel like maybe they would try to go with like a more subtle design if you're trying to sneak in there and do that yeah. but maybe they just tried to be as genuine as possible and just go big or go home the teal looked like an expensive color that was that was my mm. and it drew a lot of attention yeah 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 um, yeah, so that was a fun one. That uh, they just and then then they just kind of faded away, which also happens yeah, in racing. That's crazy. But yeah, um, yeah. Somebody so, just told them to go away quietly. Pretty much. Um, there's no information on this, but for a while there was a uh, there's a team that was it's a little it's a little uh, stereotypical, I suppose, but there was decent evidence that um, a team with a lot of Colombians in it was using their international transport to transport cocaine around the, oh, yeah. around the world. <laughs> <laughs> like the team was literally... Yeah, like, just, like cocaine and bikes and to... stuff. Yeah. Or, in, or in the toolboxes wow. or whatever. Yeah. Were they competitive? Uh, the team was better than the rider. The rider was actually Colombian too, which was just mm. fun for, the, for everybody. <laughs> um, he was actually a really cool rider, though. He uh, he would always spin up the rear tire, so he was always making smoke, and you know hmm. it was cool. Um, so that was just yeah, just quickly on the racing world and, and money laundering. There's all kinds of stuff, but the, the energy drink one I thought was fun because it's it's just a rehash of like tobacco money spending all their you know tobacco had in in the racing world also had tons of money and they didn't have anywhere mm-hmm. to put it so they started funneling it through racing teams and all this stuff so right it's all kinds of history there uh moving on to the next one um in may 2018 a paper was released by 33 scientists a group of 33 scientists uh octopuses do not originate from earth <laughs> where do they come from they are the result of what you could call uh, there's a panspermia is the term, which is a, uh, a theory that says that life in the universe is seeded by bacteria and other things that arrive onto different planets via comets, asteroids, whatever the we, we sure yeah okay. So Earth would have been seeded potentially a couple of times. So octopuses mm. are from some different set of genetics than we are they're complicated <laughs> why why is that why are octopi being uh they are whatever it is there's being singled out here there's a genetic divergence in the in the code that apparently is is pretty big by like the standards that we're not used to and we don't have a great explanation for it so basically the the, the genetic divergence between a modern octopus and what we believe to be octopi actually um and what we believe to be the ancestor is Mm -hmm. is huge much bigger than you would see in other other species okay so the theory is that they literally showed up that way uh that they showed up yeah and that we're wrong about what their ancestor is 
So their ancestor. Wait, what, but what we think is their ancestor. Well, okay, actually, that yeah. that doesn't make sense because how would they be connected? Huh. But are they saying is the theory that a, an octopus showed up on a on a space rock? Pretty much, or yes. did the bacteria that created the octopus? No, that an octopus showed up in a cryo frozen egg, pre fertilized, okay. and and popped out of the rock. Yeah, that if you did told me that some crazy bacteria showed up and like changed an animal or something and changed well and just kind of had its own little um you know uh development timeline that's much different than others that i could believe but if you're telling me that an octopus showed up i'm just ready to go (laughs) i don't know if i'm behind that (laughs) <laughs> pretty much that's pretty much what they're saying um the paper is weird though i read the uh the main cover letter and then i read basically the cliff notes um mm. they kind of waffle between uh, being serious or well seriously standing behind their theory and then also saying but you should also take this in context of a larger theory and, and all these different things so they kind of they kind of don't stand behind their their own and i don't even know what the purpose of the paper is really like it was yeah, just a very confusing. Just like before, you got to ask who's benefiting from. I couldn't figure alien, it out on this one. Uh, octopuses. They are creepy little bastards, aren't they? They are. But they're cool. They're super cool. Um, and you could, you know, I could, I could. There's a lot, you know, if the genetic thing is true, you know, they are definitely an interesting animal. Unlike, and you, I would imagine, unlike most others, you've also got the um, mm-hmm. what is that other thing called? Uh, the, sort of the cousin, if you will, of the um, squid. Now, well, there's the squid, but there's one I'm trying to think of. Oh my goodness, um, Nautilus. Oh, awesome! <laughs> wow, good, good. Not, not what I was thinking, but also close. Cuttlefish. <laughs> cuttlefish. Um, cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. So, other than maybe their own personal fame and just getting their names out there, the 33 scientists. To answer your question about the motiv- motivation, I, I don't yeah, know. Right. I could, I couldn't find it. Hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Also, pretty weak in my opinion. Like, I'm not a scientist or anything, but it's fun to think about. But I just have a hard time. I I don't. I can't get past the logistics of an octopus existing on like a planet, and that planet explodes into what would eventually become a space rock. Yep, flying towards Earth. Exactly. And that octopus lives and gets frozen through that process. They were saying that it was actually the eggs that got frozen, and that's how it went. So it wasn't like an adult octopus. <laughs> <laughs> but still. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't really How change. did that survive whatever led from it being in its natural environment to here? How does that... Yeah. That, can, that can happen for bacteria, right? But like something that... Complex. Developed? No. Yeah. I don't know. No. But who am I? Just a... Amateur podcaster. Just a just a guy. <laughs> Not researching this. Yeah. May twenty eighteen. <laughs> I, I think I said that, but I just thought that was like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is a new theory? Yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> the paper is at least. Uh, that's when it was released. Hey, you know, actually, did you listen to I forget the guy's name. There's two guys I think that were on um, Joe Rogan's podcast talking about their fake scientific papers that they published no oh that's to brilliant. and the reason they did it was to kind of exploit and demonstrate the process that these peer-reviewed papers have to go through and and show how faulty the system is, is this because a recent they were literally 
No, pretty pretty recent. Um, okay. Within the last year, so not like within the Got last it. couple okay. of days or months, Got but. Um. But anyway, yeah, they, they I think they did a few papers, but one of them was literally about like racial segregation of dogs and dog parks or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And it's just out of control, but it went through the whole peer review process and got published. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking about. Maybe, again, with my phone, um, I'm thinking maybe that the same thing happened here yeah. and somebody's, but hey, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wish I could remember those those guys' names because it was interesting. Uh, moving on, there's two. Uh, these are, I think, fairly popular ones. Um, I won't talk about them too much. Just here's another question of like. So sometimes I, I think maybe the answer to your the question of why some of these can be mm-hmm. uh, is just because people are bored. So <laughs> to that end, um, Avril Lavigne died in 2003 and was replaced by her body double is a uh fairly popular i suppose conspiracy theory if you want to call it that why are people thinking about avril lavigne (laughs) (laughs) and then in in that same space uh paul mccartney died Mm -hmm. in 1966 in a car crash after getting in a fight with the band and going for a drive and then was replaced by a lookalike that won the John or uh, the Paul McCartney uh, lookalike contest. And from from 1966 on through today, is uh, it's a lie. <laughs> okay, the problems I have with those, which don't make it impossible, but make it very unlikely, unlikely is those people who then have to step in and replace. They had their own lives and shit going on. Totally. Totally. They weren't just sitting in a room waiting. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> like, Paul McCartney has died on schedule. Because the, the problem with a lot of this stuff is the amount of people you would have to get to go along to, with you. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and keep track of that and monitor that the whole time. Granted, I guess, you know, if somebody all of a sudden was talking about... Or I guess that's how the conspiracy starts, right? Is somebody who knows probably says this ridiculous thing and tries to get people to believe them. Yeah, like right now. And if it is true... Like right now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, let's say that it was, I was the one who got, re- you know, replaced somebody else. Then you start telling other people, hey, um, my brother doesn't exist anymore because he is playing body double. Right. People would be like, Brian, you're ridiculous. That's not true. But you would, you'd convince some people. And then boom, conspiracy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, ha- good. Do you know about the Jim Morrison one? Uh, no. The guy from The Doors? Uh, same thing. I think, did he commit suicide or did he get in like a accident or something? I don't remember, but he died very young. Allegedly. Right, I keep going. Some people think that he like flew to South Africa and has been living out his life in South Africa, I think. That's what they say. That he just had like a, he had an alibi or something and he just used that and bailed. Official cause of death was listed as heart failure, although no aut- autopsy was performed. As is mm-hmm. not required by French law. Hmm. Yeah, he's part of the Twenty Seven Club, which is a dark, oh, a dark yeah. thing. But you got Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, um, and uh, Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. I did not know about that one. That's uh, yeah. so along those lines. Oh, that sucks. 
Okay, let's see. Um, I guess we can, let's get to the big one. And I got some quick fire mentions at the end. Um, so what, what song is Avril Lavigne known for? Complicated. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I had that on deck. Can't even sing it. That's hilarious. Yeah. You were ready with that. <laughs> so Did you listen to it in prep. Uh, no, I didn't, but I, right, I, I read good. about it, uh, for a minute. And then the article was literally like Avril Lavigne known for this and that yep. skater boy, I think is the other one they mentioned. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. That one, that one rings a bell. Yeah. So uh, the last one, or the last major one I've got here, I'm not really, I, I like Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not a huge like fan or anything. I, it's, it's fun. I was mm-hmm. decently oh, happy with the latest movies, I suppose, but like most people, I dislike the, um, the, the, the prequels as they're known. So you've got the, yeah, right. you know, you've got the original Star Wars as we know them from the 80s, which were actually mm-hmm. in, in terms of chronological order, you know, three, four and five, I think. Correct. Yep. And then, so in the '90s and early 2000s, one, two, and three came out. So, this um, this theory to me is so fun because it's just it's on like a global scale, and just just keep in mind the amount of people that love Star Wars, <laughs> and then keep in mind like George Lucas is just one guy, all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then also how much energy would have gone into a decision he's going to potentially change his mind on change his mind on super late in the game okay so the i, th- I potentially know where you're going okay with this, you, we'll okay see. uh so the Maybe. theory is and i didn't know about this until i, I stumbled onto this uh, not too long ago i really didn't know about this um mm-hmm. that uh, jar jar binks is <laughs> actually yeah it's actually the was going to be i should say the mm-hmm. like main super villain of the whole right. thing of the whole thing <laughs> and i've heard that to me this is so fascinating because in short we can we can go into as much detail as you want because i i got a lot of detail i was totally blown away by this <laughs> i've got so much stuff because the the fan the level of, of fans like looking into the movies with this new lens there's yeah. so much stuff in there like i'm a firm believer that this i'll, I'll just come out and say i totally mm-hmm. believe this to be true oh man i really? totally okay. buy this I've never, I've, my friend told me about it a while ago and, you know, I didn't really look into it any yeah. further. I just reacted to what he was saying, but okay. So I'm going to try, we'll, we'll end the conspiracy episode with, or my conspiracy segment with me trying to convince you of that this totally, <laughs> okay. this totally happened. So okay. the, the outline of the theory is essentially that in the second out of the three movies released in the 90s, in the second or third movie, Jar Jar Binks was going to be revealed as like what they call the Sith Lord, the, the main bad right. guy, the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jar Jar Binks is this character. He's this like weird, like amphibious type. He walks on two legs and he speaks English mm-hmm. and all these things, but he's this like leathery amphibious type frog with these big long ears. He's, yeah, he, he's weird looking and just like not very, not what you would picture as a, you know, not at all. An enemy or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And his persona in the first movie and then uh, at, at subsequent movies also, but is that he is, he comes across as goofy and clumsy yeah. and he's making yep. dumb jokes and he's silly mm-hmm. and he can easily be looked at from the lens of like, it's, it's the character for the kids. 
you know, Star Wars. Yeah, know. he people didn't even really like him in the movie. Oh, people hated him. Yeah. That's the thing is, so there's different levels of Star Wars fans along with different ages. <laughs> the people yeah. the people that love the movies, from especially from the 80s, mm-hmm. hated. The reaction to Jar Jar Binks was almost overwhelming overwhelmingly negative and that's the reason which is the basis for the whole thing right so george lucas chickened out and uh changed the direction of the movies to Mm -hmm. you know keep jar jar to basically never do the reveal right so when you go back and you look at the first movie and the second movie um with this lens there's so much stuff, like an overwhelming amount of stuff that makes Would make this... you think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, what's the one, what's the most convincing? The most convincing for, for me is uh, Jar Jar Binks is a fully animated character. Yep. Meaning every action that you see the character doing on screen is purpose. It has. It was. It was purposely done the way it's done. It, it wasn't an, a human actor just walking or, or or doing whatever talking. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. There is a. I don't know if you can. You don't have to. I have a YouTube clip if you want to watch it now. But there's there's a, a couple of scenes in the movie where one of the things. So Jar Jar is, is eventually going to be revealed as a Jedi. He's got the the power of the Force, and one of the powers of the Force that we saw is in the earlier movies is. Um, you can get people to say stuff that you want them to say. You can influence them. Mm-hmm. There are a couple scenes where someone in the foreground of the scene is speaking. Jar Jar Binks is in the back and he mouths the words that the person is speaking. Hmm. And it's the, 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 the running theory there is that that was done on purpose because when the reveal came in the later movies, they wanted you to be able to go back to the first movie, potentially, and see certain mm. details. Okay. So that's one of the details. Whoops, I just hit the mic. Hopefully mm. that wasn't too loud. Um, <laughs> that was one of the details that because they made this decision so late and animation is so expensive, mm-hmm. you would you would not... Uh, there's reason to believe that they would not go back and, and fix that. It's pretty subtle. It's supposed to be pretty subtle. And, and would the movie have already been released? No. Well, they, yeah, okay. yes, yes. All, I suppose that's also part of the fact here but right one of the things is that the uh the whole jar jar thing was was starting up uh not going well i should say from even pre-release from the people who that saw it so he was already thinking yeah he there was potential for him to maybe even hold up but obviously this would not happen there was potential for him to even potent uh hold up the first release of the movie to change it right to not even put jar jar out there in the beginning right but he couldn't he could but he did so then something had to happen right so yeah, there's scenes in the movie. There's so other people. It's not like he was the only one who knew that this was going to be the reveal. Like no, there's a whole team behind this movie. No, there's a well, but the writing. I could I could believe that. Let's say maybe let's be really conservative and say maybe 50 people. Maybe to me more like 25 uh, people have to know about this. And if everybody right. signs an NDA, which is mm-hmm. you know, it's all it is. It's just like a movie secret. And George mm-hmm. Lucas is known to be like pretty controlling and all that sort of thing so um i i could totally see this being you know really hidden or, or at least not talked about sure okay so there's so many um there's so many different things there's a scene in the movie where he just casually 
from a standing position jumps 30 feet in the air and dives <laughs> into the water. And if you look at the context of all the movies, the only people who can do that are Jedi, mm-hmm. are people who can control the force. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got all the, you've got three different scenes where he appears to influence what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this whole, uh, there's this whole thing in the Star Wars universe where luck is not really a thing. His clumsy nature, the force, basically the force, the power of the force is luck. Um, he's got all these different scenes in the movie where he's fighting and his clumsiness mm-hmm. in quotes, like is his weapon, is his weapon. Like he accidentally blows up a couple robots. He didn't, he's in danger and he, he's not a very skilled fighter, but he gets lucky mm-hmm. and he accidentally kills a bunch of robots. It's not, uh, that's not a thing in the Star Wars universe. He's, he's basically being like a drunken, uh, there's that, uh, fighting style, the drunken something. Um, he's putting on an act. He's putting on an act. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a scene where he can, cons- he convinces, uh, the whole Senate, the whole government body in the movie, uh, to give Palpatine the, the, what eventually becomes the actual bad guy or what we know be the bad mm-hmm. guy, uh, give him the full control of the Senate. So there's another whole underlying theme where Jar Jar Binks is actually the, the main bad guy. And he's been working with the, uh, behind the scenes with, uh, Emperor Palpatine, who is the, the other major bad guy, I suppose. Sure. So if he's going to be revealed as a Jedi, that also means he's the Sith Lord. Did those two things go hand in hand? Like he couldn't be revealed to have Jedi powers and not be, it wouldn't have made any the sense Sith. for sure. It wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they generally go hand in hand. So what was the alternative? What did they yeah. do? Like, how do they explain where he comes yeah. from? And because I haven't seen any of those movies in a long time. So he, um, he, uh, so they kind of just, they don't explain what they don't have to. They don't go back and try to explain anything. What happened mm-hmm. in the second movie, there's this character that, and ends up being the main focus who was probably going to be actually Jar Jar. There's this character called Count Dooku and mm-hmm. the character has really everything about it. Obviously there's some bias going on here, but his whole character is very like um, flat and feels rushed. Mm-hmm. He's got very no backstory. Um, his dialogue is all terrible and he it's, <laughs> There's all this, uh, we, we can we can get out of the weeds a little bit, but essentially Jar Jar was supposed, to, there's this big fight that happens between Yoda, which is, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to, Yoda. for it's Yoda, yeah. Yoda and what was supposed to be Jar Jar, probably, and then um, this Count Dooku guy shows up. Nobody had ever actually heard of him. He wasn't like a character in Star Wars until mm-hmm. that movie. He just until shows up, right. Um, and he was there essentially to cover up the, the plot holes where Jar Jar was redacted. So the second, this is, I should have said this earlier too. So in the second movie, Jar Jar just is, never shows up. He's just gone. He shows up, but he's, he's just clumsy. He is, okay. is now no longer, I mean, he, he's what he was in the first movie. But I should have said that the second movie was in production when he ultimately mm-hmm. decides to, uh, right. So there's Make pictures, the there's pictures and video of him on set. There's Jar Jar stuff everywhere for the second movie. Um, there's oh, all, weird. there's all kinds of pictures, and he's got a quote on camera. So you can go listen to him say it. Jar Jar is the key to all of this. 
What? Okay, come on. On camera, he, said that, like, he says it. His own clear word. Clear as day. Clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Here's another. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's just so. It was just all fueled by the negative reactions yes, from the, the first movie. The reaction was so to... bad to the character yeah. Jar Jar. People hated him so much that he. So why was why was George Lucas's, you know, intuition so poor? That's a, like that, how did that happen? I don't really know. That's a great question. He has a history of using like creatures in the show or in the movies. You know, Yoda the Ewoks, all this sort of mm-hmm. thing. So maybe that's part of it. Um, I That's a good question. And I, I wasn't really able to, I don't have a good yeah. answer for it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's just a bad decision. And if I, I yeah. guess if I had to speculate. I mean, that happens, but, but yeah. Excuse me. If I had to speculate, he, he uh, I guess I don't know him, but the, the uh, comments about his style and all that sort of thing is, it's plausible that he would have made this decision and nobody wanted to say, George, that was terrible. Okay. So they let him run with it? Right. Because he's, one, he's George Lucas. He made Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two, you know, he his, his particular personality, I don't think, would have accepted that criticism. Yeah. 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 I got you. <laughs> okay. I see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to mention a couple other really choice details. Um, <laughs> the eyes of Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. All the... The, all the bad guys in Star Wars have the same eyes, basically. Jar Jar's got those eyes. Oh, okay. Um, what what's the what about them? Red. The same? Uh, they're they're red. Mostly, it's that they're red and uh, they're kind of menacing looking, and they have a particular pupil mm. shape. Okay. Uh, also, something you couldn't take out of the first movie, so you had to keep going with it because mm-hmm. he's a, he's animated. So that's it. You know, once that choice is made, that's it. And does he have those eyes when he shows up yeah. in the second movie? Because yeah. he kind of had to. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the actor that quote unquote played Jar Jar, the the green screen actor, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a an interview and um, a Twitter post, a couple of Twitter posts that he he basically confirms that this is true. He can't mm-hmm. really. What does he say? Um, I should have pulled up the tweets, but. Uh, Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, he tweeted a uh, photocopy or a picture, I should say, of a script where mm. it was a whole Jar Jar backstory, and the title of it. Oh, interesting. I, I actually, that's stupid. I didn't write down the title of it, but the title of it was like I- exactly what you might imagine, uh, something to the tune of Jar Jar being evil. I forget what it was. Um, and he said a few things in interviews where he lost a lot of money, and there were some things in the works mm-hmm. that didn't pan out. You know that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Just kind of ambiguous yeah. things about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's other details we can, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to make this too deep into Star Wars. But to me, it's just crazy that, I, on the one hand, I, I, I kind of dig that he took this big bet in a way. I like that he set up this whole movie. And, like, if this really was the plan, I like that there was this whole plan to, like, trick everybody. I kind of like that. Yeah. He went about it poorly, for sure. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, um, but then the, just the clusterfuck that was his decision to change his mind—that's yeah. Yeah, it would be really cool to like get an inside account on yeah. what it was like working to to fix it. Yeah, I have no, I have no problems believing that this is true. Yeah. I mean, why would all those things be that way? Yeah, it's pretty hard to uh, 
like I said, the the video footage of him mouthing the words. You, I, I looked. I feel at like it. I've seen that before. You might have. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, there's some other really good ones in here, but we can mm-hmm. we can move on. Um, so yeah, Star Wars. Jar Jar was actually the the main bad guy. That would have been so he would have then been the focus of movie three, whereas. Is it Count Dooku that's more much, yeah. the focus? Yeah. yeah. So they just kind of swap him out? Yeah. Hmm. So... I mean, hey, maybe it was the right decision, because look at where Star Wars is going. True. So. I mean, he made he made money no matter what. He's okay. Yep. He's probably all right. There's actually this great... Yeah. There's this great footage of him sitting in his uh, home theater or whatever with everybody, and they're watching the final cut of the first episode one the the one where he's Mm -hmm. you know sets all this up yeah and it's the first like private screening or whatever and he's watching it for the first time in in full and at the end of it i can't remember exactly what his quote is but he's like i may have overdone a few things something like that (laughs) he's something yeah it's it's something where you just like hilarious it's it's pretty good he's just like uh oops (laughs) All right, so let's quickly uh, just got a couple stupid ones. Um, Dyson, the vacuum company. Oh yeah. They purposely made the cable the cable of their vacuum shorter over a, a period of time just before announcing their cordless version. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> My, the model DC, the model DC zero. Boy, these cables sure are a pain in the ass. <laughs> The model, D- the model DC-01 has a 12-meter cable. The model DC-14 has a 6.5-meter cable. Oh, shit. <laughs> way shorter. Weather f- so that, I mean, it's confirmed that they made them shorter, yeah. whether it was with that intent right, right, or not is, right. is the debate. Right. Yeah, that's hilarious. I like that. Weather forecasters buy stock in supermarket chains and then overhype winter storms. Oh, shit. Wow. Pretty good, right? <laughs> I like that. That is good. That's smart. I think this one. I think if you ask any woman, this next one, I, uh, they're going to tell you this is true. Women's pants pockets are significantly smaller than men's pants pockets to encourage the purchase of handbags and purses. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's a style thing too, right? But yeah i definitely could see that yeah it, that's true the style is that's a good point mm-hmm. um then the final one <laughs> sorry i'm reading it already uh that uh <laughs> big bread you know big sugar big egg big bread paid toaster manufacturers to uh overdo the settings so that people would burn their bread more often <laughs> so they'd have to buy more bread what Come on. Wouldn't you just learn your lower. toaster regardless? Of, it's not like you go into it saying, I know that there that the toaster needs this amount of time and this amount of whatever your scale is. Like, you got to learn a new toaster. You're going to do that anyway, whether it's... Here's how you really do that. You take a toaster and you take a little microcontroller micro and you make the either the length of time or the amount of heat or whatever, you make that variable. So that setting number five is different every time. 
This toaster sucks. But you can't make it always burn the bread. Sometimes it's got to undercook the bread too. So maybe like a oh, you just you just plus or minus one setting, right? I think that way it gets a little more burned or a little less cooked, but nothing nothing crazy. But you also got to just... bias it towards over burning it. Maybe like a seventy five twenty five split. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna pull off such a big con like you know burning people's bread, you got to do it subtly. Right, you got to be smart about it. Because right. you gotta you gotta make it not seem like it's the toaster's fault, because then that's counterproductive. Exactly, exactly. They might buy a different bread. It's gotta be your fault or the bread's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you gotta take focus away from the toaster, which is difficult mm-hmm. because there's only three other things in that whole equation. Right. That was a... <laughs> and the toaster is a pretty significant part. Yeah. <sighs> Damn, white bread always burns. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what kind of person is the variable that they're changing is the bread type. <laughs> that would be an interesting... How would, how would you design that study? You just have to pick the same... Keep the toaster level. Or what would your variable be? The bread or the toaster level? For uh, I would have if to. If you wanted... To find out if it's overly cooking your... Yeah, you would keep the bread the same. Yeah, definitely, definitely hold the time the same yeah you'd have a timer and... next to the toaster to make sure it wasn't screwing around with that mm-hmm. and then maybe mm-hmm. uh, if you had like a, a temperature gauge you could uh infrared one you could point into the toaster <laughs> that's true <laughs> or you know what you really could do hook it up to um some sort of voltmeter or oscilloscope Ooh. and just monitor how much power it's drawing each time and if it's consistent that's then... actually that's 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 probably your most accurate yeah, way to do this. That's, that's I was gonna I was gonna to toast like seventeen hundred pieces of bread and compare them visually. <laughs> this <laughs> one actually, inaccurate. this one your your test doesn't even require bread. You just turn right, the toast. No, you don't even need the bread. Yeah. All right, you win that one. Nice. <laughs> Theory done. Well, we didn't test it. Yep, but... that's true. Yeah. It could very well be happening. That's see, that's the problem. Right there, we just stopped. Nobody's got right to, yeah, we're I don't about have to get to the bottom. And nobody's gonna. No, I don't think so. Maybe Consumer Reports can do this for us. <laughs> I'll I'll get right to uh, submitting that to them. <laughs> give them all my, give them all my contact information just in case they have any questions. That's right. You got to tell them which toaster you're using too. All right, I think uh, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. All right. Uh, Hopefully, it, you learned something. Yeah. Or changed your beliefs on whether or not Jar Jar Binks is. I mean, I have no reason to not not be in that camp. That's the other. Oh, th- I wanted to ask actually. That's the other thing. How many? Go ahead. What percentage of, or I should say, out of like you know people who would claim to be Star Wars fans, are most believing this to be true, or is it kind of divided? That'd or... be a great question. Um, when I was looking into it, like when the the original post about this was a Reddit post. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody in the comments was just like, oh my God, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, the, you know, again, the, there's that digital footage, but he also, I mean, he says it. He literally, the words come out of his mouth, Jar Jar is the key to all of this. And you just hear yeah, that. that like, you don't what? just say that. <laughs> but at the same he time. He could have been talking about anything. That's the other thing. He, he was. 
his goal from the beginning with this was to fuck with people, so why wouldn't he necessarily be fucking with people another way right. at a different time? Could have been, yeah, yeah. So you know, but I figure you know, there's no stakes to that conspiracy theory. Nothing bad happens if you buy into it. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand up. I can get on board with yeah. that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's true or not because it was 15 years ago or whatever. <sighs> All right. All right. Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Google, Wandering Barry Center, Gmail, all the usual places where you can find us. That's right. Thank you for listening. Later. Later.